welcome back to the Don't Read Into It podcast. I know it has been quite a while. I am aware. Well, to put it lightly, uh, the summer has been full of unexpected events, uh, which range from tragedies to um, busyness to vacations to ranger games. Just a number of different things in my life have prevented me from one, being able to and having the time to record this podcast, and two, um, having the motivation and and go-get attitude to record the podcast. But, you know, today is, I don't know if this is when the episode will go up, probably, but today is July 19th, uh, about eight days until um, my kind of how am I saying this, uh, my kind of year kind of starts for, for school, not like the school year, but my job, my new job is starting at that time next week, and, um, just a couple of things, Uh, I move into my apartment August 13th, but, you know, all this time in the summer has given me time to do a lot of different things, one of which has been, uh, reviewing a show, that is very popular among many people, but I do have to say, at the risk of sounding like a late to uh, mid-teenage girl, that I did watch The Office um, again. I-, I watched it when I was like 12, 13 years old, back in the day. Um, you know, when you're that age, and that's when the show's run was. It ended in like 2011, so I was nine years old in 2011, but I Rewatched it on Netflix when I was like 12 or 13 with my family. References and stuff go over your head when you're that age. I don't know about kids these days. I mean, I'm acting like I'm so old. I'm, I'm 20. I'm about to be 21. But references certainly went over my head when I was 12 and 13 more than they did now. None. In fact, no references went over my head. <laughs> but no. Um, it was interesting to watch it completely back, having more of an understanding of, of life and everything. Uh... And, you know, I think that, that The Office is a great show for capturing slice of life better than any other show. I mean, obviously they have the ridiculous things and the, oh, that would never happen and the, oh, no person is like this type moments. But they do have the characters that kind of are more relatable in real life. And we'll get to that later. But I thought, you know, I watched this whole series and let me mind you. Mind you, I watched the whole series to the end of season seven and then the finale because season eight and nine with Nelly and all of them, I remember those pretty pretty vividly. Wasn't a fan of it after um, after Michael departed with obviously Steve Carell couldn't get a deal with Comcast after season seven, so um, the story just wasn't as good. That's why it only lasted two seasons, and I feel like. It wrapped up pretty well. Uh, if you skip seven, seasons eight and nine, you're not really missing much. Uh, watch the finale, obviously, but and there's like a few scattered different episodes to kind of dip your feet into the uh, story a little bit. But most episodes, I'd say, in season eight and uh, nine, are just kind of unnecessary and don't really drive the plot really well and add characters you don't really care about. But with that being said, um. I thought I would do a whole, like, character rating thing. So, 
I will name every character that came to mind. It'll be mostly main characters. The show has so many side characters that it's kind of insane. So my criteria was like characters that had a big uh, effect on the plot. And I think the uh, characters I came up with were pretty good, but I'm ranking them in tiers. So there are four tiers. I will say them as I go. And then after we rate all of them, we do got some sports to talk about today. But on that note, I want to get right into it. <clears throat> so the first tier is Jim tier. That is because Jim is the best character in the show. And there's no doubt about that. And a lot of people would say, oh, it should be Jim slash Pam tier. No, I think Jim is the best written character in the show, has the most relatable personality, is the funniest person in the show, and has the best actor. You could debate between Steve Carell and John Krasinski and who is on who is the best actor. But in my book, it goes to John Krasinski at the end. I think Jim is a very endearing character to the, to the uh, show and keeps it going pretty well and is really the everyday guy of the show, which obviously he was written as. He's a very well-written character, making him the only character in the Jim tier, and he is number one in the show and on to good characters and good characters this is not in any order it's just how i wrote it down first good character obviously michael michael's a fantastic character he's an ass but you feel bad for him and you gain um he was well written in, in the fact that in the first season he was a complete jackass and then in the second season you kind of start to see why and then third fourth fifth sixth and seventh season he still is just very tone deaf but you can understand why he does the things that he does because it's like from a, a, what's it called, a point of wanting to be liked. And, you know, I think that that's a well-written character. Steve Carell, obviously a great actor, played it perfectly. Very funny, very good character. Um, I think that one's, you know, doesn't require a whole lot of explanation on, on why I, I went that direction. But that brings me on to Dwight, who is a fantastic character. And a lot of people complain. I've watched some YouTube videos about complaining about how uh, Dwight's personality changes from season one to season seven and so on. But I think it's pretty organic and makes sense. You know, season one, he is the ultimate kiss-ass weird guy. And season two and three. And then, you know, in season four and onward he, he kind of you know is able to advance the character a little bit obviously when Angela leaves him it makes sense that he would change a little bit since obviously they married at the end of the show spoiler alert if you haven't watched The Office already obviously that's just just watch it I think it's a what's it called an authentic um an authentic uh change for the character because he loses Angela that's a big part of his life and that's a whole deal, and obviously he sees that his endearment to Michael is pretty one-sided most of the time to where he's kissing ass and he's not really getting anything in return from it, and that's just kind of all comes to a boiling point and multiple points during the series, one of which was um, Jim becoming the assistant manager and uh, instead of assistant to the branch manager, Jim becoming the assistant manager, and obviously in the Michael's finale, um, when uh, 
he didn't write Dwight a letter of recommendation. But, um, and that was obviously amended, which was a very heartwarming part of the show. But uh, it was an authentic change for Dwight, I think. And, you know, I, I enjoyed the early seasons where he was just like, the extreme kiss ass and super weird guy. And he's super weird throughout the whole show. That's just his character. But he has character development in which he kind of realizes that nothing is really going his way when he does kiss ass. And I think that's a very good character development. Um, I enjoyed it. I know a lot of people don't enjoy things, but I enjoyed it. Which brings me to my next character, Pam. Pam's just a good character, solid character. Very, I imagine she's probably relatable to the young woman <laughs> that sounds so weird, but yeah, I, I think that's really all you can say. She's just a very good character, um, obviously very good for Jim, and I liked her whole plot throughout the show to where um, she gains kind of courage and things throughout the show. thought she was a very good character, and the next in the good list is uh, Daryl. I think Daryl is a fantastic character. And, you know, because he was a warehouse guy, he didn't get a lot of screen time before uh, the Saber arc, where Saber takes over uh, Dunder Mifflin. Um, he didn't really get a whole lot of screen time before them, but once he gets up there, he begins to develop a, to be a very good character and very good actor. Um, I just completely enjoyed Daryl. Is a character, and then, you know, the come up at the very end where he's with, um, I can't remember the name of the company to save his life, but he's with the big company in Austin, and he is able to um, flourish when he was kind of literally at the bottom in the warehouse and then got to the top ahead of everybody. So, big deal for him, and I think that was a really good, good written character. And while he was ill-shown, in the first few seasons, he was a very fun character to have around. And then Ryan. I think Ryan's a fantastic character, um, which is in complete juxtaposition to his main love interest, Kelly. Um, <laughs> but I, that's whole later. That's awful. But, um, yeah, I think Ryan's just a solid character. I, I liked his, uh, what's it called? His come up from Wonderkind or whatever. It, reminded, it honestly reminded me of Nate from... Uh, from Ted Lasso on rewatch. And it kind of tells you how much, you know, sitcoms kind of take from the office and, and Seinfeld and all those different shows back in the day that they all just are kind of the same thing a little bit, but it, it, the writing varies and Ted Lasso and the office are very well written because they're very similar written shows. You know, they're very similar in, in tone and humor. Like it, it, there's obvious, comparisons to be made you know um you know with with ted lasso and and the office uh you know roy kent with keely that's obviously jim and pam and then ted lasso is michael because he's a tragic kind of character but he's funny and does things that no one else expects and he's kind of edgy and you know you know ryan is uh what's his name um the striker that went to Man City. Can't remember his name for some reason right now. Jamie Tart. Ryan is Jamie Tart. And then... Oh, my phone just went off. And then you could debate that um, Rebecca is pretty similar to um, Jan. Just a little bit. <laughs> because of her uh, 
relationship with uh, Sam and Jan's relationship with Michael. So it's a little different, but very similar kind of kind of points in there. Just kind of key points that are part of most sitcoms and very similar. And, you know, Ted Lasso and The Office are both very popular shows, very popular among multiple age groups, and very popular among many different um, genders and everything. So they're very similar, and I kind of realized that watching Ryan and all of that stuff um, unfold. But the next character is a Stanley. Stanley's just a good character, funny. Really did not change throughout the entire show, which is um, pretty uh, interesting, considering every character in the show, how they underwent some change um, other than a few. And a lot of those characters that I feel like just didn't go through a lot of change are in the mid-character tier, which is the next one. But the final good character is Andy. I think Andy was a very good addition to the office. Ed Helms is very funny. Um, I like Ed Helms' humor. I think Andy's singing is pretty funny. Um, it, it was just a whole different d- dynamic to put in the show. But that will bring me to the mid-characters list. Firstly, Meredith. Meredith is a mid-character. And let, let me make this clear before everything. Um, mid-characters does not mean bad characters. I don't... Well, I'm not going to say that. If they're in bad characters, they're bad characters. But mid-characters are okay characters. That doesn't mean they're bad. doesn't mean they're, like, great or good. They're just kind of mid. They're just kind of there. They add some comedic humor sometimes. So mid-character, Meredith, she just kind of had the same plot throughout the entire show. And, you know, she was funny as a character, and that will be that, honestly. I mean, I don't have anything much to say about that other than... uh what I said. So uh, David Wallace is a mid character. David Wallace had some really good moments, obviously with the <laughs> with Suck It and all that. Um, I like David Wallace as a character, but he just wasn't integral enough to the series to be in good characters. So he'll be in mid characters. Um, I liked his little re comeback at the end. Uh, Creed is a mid character, very funny, but again suffers from that kind of not in the show enough to be funny. Doesn't have enough line or not not to be funny to be. A good character, didn't have enough lines, just kind of there. Uh, my next mid-character is pretty integral in the later seasons. It's Aaron. Aaron is just kind of... She's a good character, but I just don't think she's written super strongly. Because obviously she's supposed to be an airhead. She's supposed to be not very uh, lucid of her surroundings or anything. Not quite as tone-deaf as Michael, but just a little bit lightheaded, you know, and yeah, that's how they wrote her. They, she didn't really have any character advancement, anything that made you think differently, like, oh, maybe Aaron is, you know, smarter than she looks or something. There's just really never any development in her story that did that, and it's unfortunate, but, you know. And then one of her love interests, Gabe, Gabe came in the Saber uh, plot line and left after the Saber plotline. Uh, Gabe was a funny character, but again, just wasn't a well enough written or fleshed out character to be good. Uh, Toby was an integral character, but he was obviously the show's punching bag, and punching bags can't be good characters. They're meant to be there to be the punching bag. So he is in the mid-character tier. Angela was a mid-character, just 
she had funny moments, big moments. Um, just for me, wasn't good enough to cut it in that good character list uh, or tier. I mean, I like her as a character. Uh, she's a very important character. But, you know, just my humor style and my opinion, she just didn't do enough to make it to the good character list. Same goes for her uh, workmates in the accounting corner with Oscar and Kevin. Kevin and Oscar are very funny. Oscar is very funny. Kevin, very funny. When he drops the chili is one of the best moments in television history. But I didn't like how they dumbed down Kevin so much. Um, in seasons one through four, he was he was dumb, but he was not like real real stupid and they made him like absolutely stupid at the very final seasons of the show like six through nine they just made him like comically light-headed and i don't think that was a very good idea man but um next on that list and oscar before i move on to the next person on that list but oscar was a good character i liked him just again just wasn't integral enough to the plot to be considered a good character and then jan jan was a mid character uh obviously she was michael's second well first ish love interest in the show um i just didn't really think she was that great of an actress so i didn't <laughs> i didn't like that i mean that's an unfair way to judge someone i just didn't like the character very much making her a mid character and she was written to be a mid character so that's fine Holly also mid-character. Um, she was obviously written specifically to be Michael's love interest. Um, and that was good. It was it was an it was a sweet story. It was nice. It was and I thought they wrote it well and she was kind of the antithesis to make Michael a more mature man or as mature as he can be person and um while also letting him be who he is. And I thought that was a really good plot line, but she was obviously written to be that person for Michael, making her a mid-character, not good. But that brings me to the final character that I'm naming in the mid-character section, and that is Karen. That is Jim's uh, second girlfriend. Uh, there, I can't remember her name, but he dates Amy Adams, and then he transfers to Utica, or Stamford, Connecticut, and he starts dating um, Karen who is played by Rashida Jones. And if you ask me, if, <laughs> if you ask me, if I had the choice between Rashida Jones and Pam, I'm, I'm sorry, Pam. <laughs> I'm kidding. But no, uh, Karen was a mid-character. Uh, she just wasn't in the show long enough to uh, really impact the plot. She was obviously the plot device to get Pam back into Jim's area. But I liked her as a character, um, but she was a plot device, making her a mid-character. And now we're on to the bad characters, and I'm not sure all of you will agree with me, but bad characters, first character is that's bad is, is Kelly. I never, la like, I laughed a lot at this show. I never laughed once at anything Kelly said or did. There's not one thing that I found funny. And I'm kind of just like that with Mindy Kaling in general. I'm sure she's a very nice person. In fact, I think she is a pretty nice person. I do not find her content or her comedy or writing funny at all i don't know if, and she's i know she produced and wrote on a few of these episodes so obviously she's funny but she writes herself in these different shows in my opinion to be so unfunny and i just 
not at one point, and I mean this, was uh, Kelly on screen, and I was like, I didn't laugh once. The scenes that I laughed at were when Ryan was just absolutely roasting her ass, and maybe I'm just a bad person, but <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But no, uh, Kelly is an unlikable character, and she is an unlikable. Um, really, Mindy Kaling just isn't funny to me. So, moving me on to Phyllis. Um, Phyllis is just not funny, and she's not interesting, and she's gross with Bob Vance, and um, just not a fan of her character at all. I think that uh, she's just annoying, to be honest with you. And... uh, (laughs) I sound mean, but the next in the bad character list is Roy. Uh, Roy was Pam's first uh, fiance, and he's kind of off and on there for a little bit. But um, I thought Roy just was kind of written to be an unlikable character, and that's what he was throughout the entire series, making him a bad character. Uh, Packer, Packer needs no explanation if you've seen the show. Packer is annoying as hell, and he's not funny. Uh, Joe was just the CEO of Saber. That's Kathy Bates' character. Just she had good moments, but again, just didn't impact the show well enough to really make it into the mid or good character list, making her a bad character. And finally, uh, Idris Elba's character, uh, Charles Minor. I liked Charles Minor, but he was only in the show for like three episodes, and the soccer plot was really forced. And he was written to be an American character, but there was British jokes throughout the entire arcs that he was in like the entire ending of season six that he was in that makes zero sense you know um honestly they they made nelly they kept nelly english i don't understand why they couldn't have just kept um idris elba english uh i i don't really get it maybe to avoid similarities between the office uk but at the same time it's just kind of silly to me you know but no, that is all the characters I have in my office list. Um, I'm sure a lot of you will disagree with me if you do reach out, but um, that's my list. Can't uh, can't go wrong with that. But just to reiterate, <laughs> to reiterate and go over everything, uh, the gym tier has Jim. The good characters are Michael, Dwight, Pam, Daryl, Ryan, Stanley, Andy. The mid-characters, Meredith, David Wallace, Creed, Aaron, Gabe, Toby, Angela, Oscar, Kevin, Jan, Holly, Karen. And then the bad characters are Kelly, Phyllis, Roy, Packer, Joe, and Charles Minor. That is it. That's all I got for you in that little fun segment. But we are moving on, and I need to do story time next episode. Remind me of that. Here, I'll do this future read. If you're listening to this podcast, cast back realize you can't speak but secondly realize that you should do a story time next time noted but we're gonna move on to uh the rangers drafting kumar kumar rocker at the number three overall pick i realize that the sports part of the episodes are kind of when some of y'all leave so i'll try to keep it a little interesting for those of you who don't like sports although you are lost if you don't like sports or softball i'm a big advocate for softball now but the Rangers drafted Kumar Rocker. Uh, obviously, he's going to be reunited with his um, college teammate, Jack Leiter. And I think 
that it was a good move. A lot of people were kind of on the fence about it, but because of his arm surgery and everything. But I think it's a solid move. It's one of those risk-making moves. You know, if Chris Young drafts Kumar and it doesn't work out, then he'll be seen as a huge failure. If Chris Young drafts Kumar and he ends up being a huge one-two punch with Jack Leiter, then we're all bowing down to him and saying, Oh, the almighty, the almighty Chris Young? Oh, he rebuilt the Rangers with Corey Seager and Simeon, and he rebuilt the pitching staff with Kumar and Jack. You know, obviously, Kumar is a question mark. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he pitched a few uh, games for the River Cats, uh, which is an independent league team, Atlantic League. Um, I believe it was 20 innings pitched, 32 strikeouts, just off the top of my head. Uh, I don't think I put it in my notes. I did not, but... I do believe it was 20 innings pitch, 32 strikeouts. The guy has a upper fastball and, you know, that can reach 99. You never know if that can reach not 100 with the proper training. Um, and from what I've heard, he has an MLB-ready slider. So, obviously, maybe he'll be starting um, at A, not major league level. But Kumar is, I think, is a... High-risk pick, but it's going to be a good pick. I mean, in the same draft, they picked up Bo Porter. So, you know, two big pitching prospects. But obviously Kumar was the bigger risk because of his arm injury and the Mets didn't sign him when they drafted him last season. But, you know, I'm excited for it. I wish the best for Kumar. I think he will make a big impact on this team. And um, that's about it. I mean, we're in the all-star break right now. I imagine the Rangers make a few moves at the deadline, whether that's selling or buying. I think it will benefit the team either way. But we're going to go ahead and move on to a different story, which is college football realignment. I don't hate the USC and UCLA move to the Big Ten. I don't like it, but I don't hate it. I mean, the Pac-12 is a dying horse. It's been dying forever. I mean, the quality difference and this is not and not including last season or the season before that for USC, but the quality difference between USC um, and Oregon and really Stanford and, and UCLA and the rest of the pack is just kind of absurd in most sports. And it the Pac-12 didn't do a great job of marketing their teams and Pac-12 network was hard to get. I think it was only available on Sling. The Pac-12, unfortunately, even though it's a very storied conference, it's just not, it wasn't ready for primetime. And that's why USC is leading, leaving it. And so is UCLA. Oregon's looking for suitable buyers or suitable takers. A bunch of teams are looking at the big 12, basically every team that's not, Oregon, um, Oregon, USC, UCLA, or Stanford is looking at the Big 12. It's a disaster for the Pac-12, and it's kind of been brewing for a while. It's a badly run conference, so it is what it is, I guess. Um, we'll see how that plays out. You know, Texas, I know you go to the SEC in 2024. The school I report, UNT, along with five other Conference USA teams, transfer to, or not transfer, migrate to the American Athletic Conference here next July, and along with them, uh, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston, and Brigham Young will be moving to the Big 12 Conference um, in 2023 as well, 
with Texas and OU still there for one season. So it's going to be interesting. I don't think it's the end of college football. A lot of people are seeing this as the end-all, be-all of college football, but realignment happens, the big conferences form, and then they'll eventually break up when quality difference uh, really separates itself. But I'm not too concerned at all about all of this. I think it'll be fine. Um, Nothing to worry about too bad, but that's about all I got today. Um, I don't know how long this episode will be. Probably about 25 to 30 minutes, I would think. But thank you for listening to the podcast. I'm sorry for being so inconsistent. I'm going to try to be a little bit better about that for the rest of summer and obviously going into the school year. But that will be it from me. I have some career news coming up on Twitter, so definitely follow me there at Reed underscore Smith 25. If you want to hear podcast news or be the first to listen to the podcast, you will find it first at D-R-I-I podcast on Twitter.com. My Instagram got deleted, or I think. I either hacked or deleted, but so don't follow that anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's about it for today. Uh, continue to listen to the podcast, put on post notifications. But that will be it. So wherever you are, wherever you may be, please have a good day or I will drink seven Cokes in a day. And nobody wants that.